So, Josh, you said that you're grateful that we're no longer in Egyptian bondage. That's very Jewish of you. Very, very Jewish of you. Now, who took the Jews out of Egyptian bondage? Who was it? Right. Exactly. So Moses is the good guy in the story, right? Who's the bad guy in the story? There you go, Pharaoh. So Moses is the good guy. Pharaoh's the bad guy. We read about this every year at Passover. We are talking about the plagues, right? So let my people go. And so who can name five of the plagues? Now, oh, Josh, name five plagues. You want to be the rabbi here, by the way? Yeah. Well, name one. Frogs. And what else? What was another plague? Who? Pestilence. Okay, that was a good one. Yeah. What's another one? Flies. Right. Another one. You're getting there. Blood, right? The river turning to blood. And give me a fifth one. Ah, okay. The death of the firstborn. You can give a shout out to your dad. Now. Now. And I like that you give. By the way, when you say something in somebody else's name, it's called Beshem Omro. In his name. Okay, that way you're not taking credit for somebody else's work. That's a very that that, that that's all through rabbinic literature. Okay, so you have these ten terrible, terrible uh, um, um, uh, plagues. Now, yes, there's nothing bad about frogs, but when there are hundreds of millions of them, they get annoying. Okay, okay. Josh, can you come every Friday night? Yeah, right. Come every Friday night. Now, now, now comes the question. You've got these terrible plagues, the, the death of the firstborn. What is Pharaoh's state of mind at that moment? Right at the cusp, at the moment that the people are about to leave Egypt, that he's about to kick them all out. What do you think his state of mind is? What do you think? He wants to get rid of these people. Get out of here. Okay? And and he does. And and he's and he's really angry and he's really scared and you would think that before everybody is kicked out of Egypt, he would say, "Just get out of here. I never want to see you again." This is a high school breakup of the worst variety. I never want to see you again. Get out of my life. But he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Instead, he says something totally bizarre. He said, get out of here, but I want you to bless me. Huh? Get out of here, but I want you to bless me. Now, what in the world could he have meant? Do anybody have an interpretation? Why would Pharaoh say to Moses, get out of here, but I want you to bless me first? I'm entertaining ideas. Josh. 
He wants to be remembered. No, I, that's a good one. He wants to be remembered. And so when you give someone a blessing, you remember the blessing. Oh, I'm never going to forget Pharaoh because I blessed him. It's good. So I'm sorry. Oh, bless you if you sneeze is different. That's different. That's different. Now, the rabbis have three basic interpretations. One is that this is the epitome of chutzpah, right? This is, this is the epitome of nerve. Pharaoh caused all of this anxiety and anguish of slavery for 420 years. And at the end, he says, I want you to bless me. Because I recognize that, you know, I'm, a no, I'm, I'm one of the baddies. I'm a no good Nick, but I want you to bless me anyways. That's a lot of chutzpah. That's a lot of nerve. The second interpretation the rabbis have is interesting um, because it is when he said, bless me, one of th- there's a rabbinic commentary that said he wanted Moses to acknowledge that he, Pharaoh, was a god. So this is his last opportunity for, for Pharaoh to ask Moses to acknowledge Pharaoh as a god. Bless me. Praise me. Yet there is a third, really interesting interpretation. And the third interpretation is that Pharaoh understood at that moment what he had done to the Jewish people over 400 years. And he had, if you will, began the process of repentance. This is a rabbinic interpretation. It's kind of a strange interpretation that Pharaoh is beginning the process of repentance. Bless me. Might be another way of saying forgive me or bless my people. Because now, Moses, I know that your God is stronger than I am. Your God is stronger than all the gods of Egypt. I recognize that now. Forgive me. And the interesting thing is that in the commentary, the rabbis quote from Isaiah in several places, and they say that God did not eternally punish the Egyptians, and that one day the Egyptians and the Jews are going to dwell together in peace. Why, the commentary asks, because Pharaoh began the process of repentance. I find that to be a really interesting um, interpretation. Because when you look at that, if you look at that interpretation and you step back, you can ask yourself, how willing are you to forgive your enemy if, even if, what they did to you lasted 400 years? How willing are you to forgive? 
how willing are we to say, thank you, give me some space and let me think about it. There is no right answer. And I'm not saying that everybody should get or should even should ask for forgiveness. But this is a really interesting situation. Do you know what Moses' response was when Pharaoh said, bless me? Take a guess. What do you think? No. You would think that he would say no. But if he would say no, he'd be shutting the door for future generations of Egyptians. And he didn't say yes. In fact, Moses says absolutely nothing. It's almost as if the text is telling us that Moses needed the space. Moses was not the one who was there to forgive the enslavement of his people. He heard it. He accepted the apology, if you will, but it was for future generations to forgive. I think of that on this World Holocaust Day, because today is World Holocaust Day, and it is fitting that the Germans, after the war, they never really said, forgive us, because there is no forgiveness. But what they did do, in a sense, is they said, bless us. Because through the memory or the blessing of memory, we as Germans will never forget and we will not let anybody else in Germany forget what our ancestors did. And when they said, bless us, forgive us, it is not for this generation, the previous generation, to do that. We cannot stand in their shoes. Is it up to us in this generation to forgive the, uh, uh, what Germany did? And there's a, it's an ongoing dialogue. And it's not an easy answer. But one thing I will say on this World Holocaust Day is that the Germans themselves have not forgiven themselves. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go is a reminder of what they did to the Jews. When you walk in Berlin, they have what are called tripping stones. They're stones with somebody's name that are sticking up from the sidewalk. And you actually have to look down to make sure you don't trip over them. When you come out of the main subway station in Berlin, there's a Holocaust memorial. And the Holocaust memorial in Berlin is a very, it's a prominent uh, uh, display. It's almost as if they are saying, we know you can't forgive but bless us in our efforts to try to live up to our better nature.